Glory be to God. Well, it's time for praise and worship. Come on and stand to your feet. Let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If we don't know anything else, we know that his love never fails. Amen. Hallelujah.
celebrate the God we serve, for he is worthy of all our praise. His love never fails, he never gives up on me. Never runs out on me. Your love, your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love, your love, your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, we thank you for your never failing love. Hallelujah, your unconditional love. Oh God, hallelujah. When nothing else could help, Lord God, your love lifted me. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh. Come on and everybody sing. Glory, glory, glory to God in the high. Yeah. 
shout we're free to lift our voices hallelujah god you created us to praise so we're going to show forth our praise oh god we're so grateful that you woke us up this morning we're so grateful that you started us on our way hallelujah you didn't have to do it but you did it so we thank you father for this gift hallelujah thank you father
Because he knows that we need his unconditional love. That's an awesome song. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Deborah Hayes, and on behalf of our pastors, pastors, Archie and Melissa Collins, we want to welcome you to service today. Amen. Praise God. So first of all, uh, we want to welcome our first time visitors. If you are a first time visitor, would you raise your hand? If you're a first time, amen. Praise God. Welcome. And we also want to welcome our online YouTube audience, and we thank them for coming on each Sunday. And if this is your first Sunday, welcome to our service. 
Now we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. We're going to welcome our first-time visitor and each other. Amen? Amen. real quick we only have two the first one is happy thanksgiving world changers amen we wish you your family and loved ones a blessed thanksgiving holiday please note that we will not have wednesday evening bible study on this coming wednesday november 27th at this campus nor Thursday evening Bible study at the Pearland location on November 28th, this coming Thursday. We will have Thanksgiving morning service at this campus, live stream from the dome from 9.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. That's this Thanksgiving morning. It will be live stream from the dome from 9.30 a.m until 10.30 a.m. You won't want to miss that service. Amen? Then we have published our 2019 holiday service schedule. In an effort to make your holiday planning easier, we'd like to inform you of the ministry holiday schedule. We hope that you and your family will join us for all the festivities. And here are other dates and times we'd like you to take note of. So I'm going to read this real quickly, but you can get a copy of these dates and what's going to happen on these dates at the communication desk, okay? And it also went out in CCB. So December 1st is our Parade of Lights at dusk, December 8th. WCC Houston's 10th anniversary, amen? Praise God. December 22nd, regular 10 a.m. service, December 25th, our Christmas service beginning at 9 a.m. live from World Changers Church Houston, Wednesday night service, December 26th, no service for the South location, December 29th, regular Sunday service at 10 a.m., uh, December 31st, NYE service begins at 10 p.m., doors open at 9 p.m., teen and children's ministry available. 
children's ministry will have a pajama party. And then January 1st and 2nd, no Wednesday or Thursday evening service at the north side, at the north or south location. So those are a lot of dates to remember. Please go to the communication desk or check CC, your email, uh, CCB email for this information. We look forward to worshiping alongside you as we celebrate Thanksgiving and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, during this holiday season. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I have a word of encouragement today. You know, the um, praise team talked about the love of God in each of their songs. So I just wanted to lift this scripture before you. And it's Paul talking to the Ephesians church. And I believe his message to them um, is a message that's appropriate for us this morning. And it's once again Ephesians, I think they're going to put it up, Ephesians chapter 4, 16 through 20. I'm going to go through this quickly. So number one in verse 16, Paul prays, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Amen? And we pray that for you today. We're in agreement with Paul's prayer. Number two. Verse 17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. So as you believe him, the only requirement here is that you trust and believe God. Isn't that great news? That's what we've been hearing from our senior pastors. It's believing that Jesus died on the cross and all the finished works that he accomplished when he died are ours. Then number three, Paul said, because you've trusted Christ, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Amen? You get that from trusting God. Amen? Not according to your works, but trusting what the Word of God says. And then he finishes, verse 18 and 19, he said, And may you have the power to understand, and as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep, and how reckless his love is for you. Amen? Amen. You know, when you walk in the love of God, you don't have any worries. We know that we all have challenges. Amen? But he's working on us. Praise God. And it's because of our belief in Jesus, we will get to where he's destined us to be. Amen. And then he said last, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. That's the promise to us. Then you will be made complete all through your trusting in Jesus with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What else can we ask for? Amen? Hallelujah. So now it's prayer time. I'm going to ask the prayer counselors if you would make your way down. And we pray that same thing that Paul prayed for the Ephesians church, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That's our prayer for you today. So if you have a prayer request, we want you to come on down. And we stand in agreement with you 
that you're going to experience the fullness of Christ. Amen. thank you for all the petitions that have come before us father god and we thank you that because we prayed according to your word we declare that it is done in jesus name we pray amen
Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. If you need your communion elements, go ahead and grab them. They'll just be more than happy to give you some. Good to see how y'all made out, made it out on today. You're looking good. Didn't, didn't let that uh, cool weather scare you back into the bed. <laughs> Amen. You know, I always think it's interesting around the holiday time that, uh, you know, sometimes it's when you see your church attendance begin to dip a little bit because of the holiday. People say it's the holidays. And I'm like, but everybody gonna make it out on mid at midnight on Black Friday. Amen. We ain't gonna miss that now, especially if the deal real good. We go, we gonna be there. But praise God, we don't have to worry about that here at World Changers. All these wonderful mature believers. We we ain't scared. Amen. Uh, everybody got your elements? Okay, go ahead and uh, take the bread. And this bread represents the body. Represents the body of Christ, his body that went up on the cross for us. It's by his stripes. We already were, somebody say, I were healed. Now, if you were healed, are you being healed right now? I want you to think about that. Think about that now. If you were healed, are you being healed right now? If you were healed, are you being healed right now? Some of y'all like, you be playing these English games. <laughs> I heard some of y'all said, I'm already healed. I'm already healed. I'm already healed. See, there's a natural world and there's a spiritual world. And in the spiritual world, because of what Jesus did on that cross with his body, you are already healed. So your natural body has to catch up with the truth. And what you need to do is continue to declare the truth. But what about the pills I got to take? You continue to declare that you are the heal while you take that pill. You continue to declare that you're the heal while you do a treatment. You continue to declare that you're healed through any natural circumstances because what I know is true is that his body went up on that cross. I know he took those lashes, and I know he bled. And because of that, I know for a fact that you're healed. I said you're healed. I don't care if you gotta show up every Sunday and Wednesday just to hear me remind you, tell you, you're healed. Some of you are going through something right now and you you receiving that in your body right now. Take that bread and repeat this after me. Father, I receive my entire healing. I thank you just like the leper who returned. I thank you and I am healed and whole in Jesus' name. You may eat. Now, just in case the enemy tries to mess with your head and say, well, yeah, healing was made available, but what makes you think you got it? What makes you think 
you deserve it. Well, that's when you can say, I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. But because of the blood, it's mine. It is the blood of Jesus that qualifies you for the healing that his body made available. See, that's the thing. The devil wants to get you in guilt. He wants to get you in doubt. He wants to get you in fear. To say, you, don't, you didn't earn that. You don't deserve it. You know what you did. This blood says, because of grace, all I got to do is believe. And this blood is the currency. This blood is the key that gives me access to everything salvation is made available. So why are you healed? Because of the blood. It's because of this blood. The body did it, but the blood gave you access. So as you hold this cup in your hand today, hold your assurance in your mind. Another word the Bible calls it is peace. Have peace, rest in the truth that all is well. Father God, we take this blood today and as we drink it, we do so in remembrance of what you did already. And we count ourselves qualified and righteous, worthy of your healing as a result. And I declare peace in every mind. In Jesus' name, you may drink. Father, we believe we receive everything that's been made available. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. Oh, you can do better than that. Give him praise. Amen. I don't know what it is about communion, man. I get excited every time just about communion. I just want to stay and preach communion every week. Hey, man. I mean, because it's, it's, it's grace. It's, that's really what you're talking about. When you're talking about communion, you're simply talking about grace. Do y'all see that? I don't know. Maybe I'm just excited about it because I'm like, without, without that, without the body and the blood, we ain't got nothing to talk about. Without the body and blood, you're going to hell, I'm going to hell. <laughs> without the body and blood, I'm broke, you broke. Without the body and blood, we, we full of fear and doubt and everything else. Without the blood and the body, we can hang it. Without Jesus, none of this don't make a difference. So I thank God he sent Jesus. I said, I thank God he sent Jesus. I wish I was in a church today that knew how to celebrate Jesus. I wish I was in a place who knew who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords really is. I wish it was this one or two of y'all who could get excited about our Lord and Savior, who he is and what he's done. I wish somebody wouldn't need me to get you hyped up about what's already finished because of Jesus. He is your Alpha. He is your Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. You are forgiven. You're set free. You're whole. There's nothing missing, lacking, or broken. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how you feel. The bottom line is you are free. And that's the good news. That's the good news. 
I mean, what other news you're looking for? That's the good news. I know you're looking for revelation or you're looking for, I, I wish I had a breakthrough. I would, that's your break. You don't broke through. His blood broke you through. And, and you, you just got to, you got to remember, you got to realize, and you got to draw the bottom line that he's enough. Every message we're teaching, everything we're preaching, the bottom line that we're drawing is, is he's already done it. You're the righteousness of God. It's already whose? Oh, see, some of y'all not ready for that. When I say it's already, you say mine. It's already. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's what you got to understand. Victory is. Healing is. Salvation is. Peace is. Some of y'all sitting there looking like. We ain't talking to them. I'm talking to y'all. Healing is. Victory is. Peace is. Wholeness is. Prosperity is. And that's what you got to know. That's what you got to know. I mean, I'm going to show you some stuff in the Word today, but I just want you to know. I want you to walk into the message already understanding that I'm already standing in my place of victory. I'm already seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I've already defeated the enemy the moment I believed in the victory of Jesus. You're not in a battle with the devil. That's the biggest lie from the pit of hell. He wants, he wished he could be equal to you. He wished you would get in the ring with him. He is defeated. The Bible says he's already been convicted and condemned. It says sentence has already been passed upon him. You ain't in no battle. You're in the victory dance. That, you're already living in the place of victory. We didn't quite see it with the Astros this year, but you know, go back a couple of years. When they won that World Series, you know, we don't talk about this year. When they won that World Series, imagine if they were in the back after they won, still getting ready to play the game. That would look crazy, wouldn't it? I got to get my game face on. You know, I'm in the back. Got to get ready. That ain't what they look like in the back after they won. Now, I'm not condoning drinking per se. <laughs> but you look in that back room afterwards, they got on goggles. They screaming, they yelling, they popping bottles, they doing all of this. They celebrating because they already got the victory. You have the victory. You got to operate from a place of victory. You're not trying to win. You're not trying to get over. You're not trying to be healed. You already are because of Jesus. So every day you wake up, it's a victory day. Every day you go to work, it's a victory day. Every day you lay your head on that pillow, it was a victory day and it's about to be a victorious night. Until the Lord returns and even after that, we're just in victory. We're just in victory. We're just in victory. We're, we're living in a state of victory. I don't know who this is for, but you're living 
in a state of victory. You ain't trying to win, you won. Oh, I wish somebody could hear me in here today. So what you need to do is thank him for the victory. I mean, what is it that the devil was lying to you about this week? What is it that he was trying to tell you wasn't going to work out? What is it that he was trying to show you was failing in your life and you were just going to have to figure it out? It's figured out. It was figured out over 2,000 years ago on the cross. It was settled on that day. And now everything that concerns you is good. Everything that concerns you is prosperous. Everything that concerns you is done. So what you got to do now is you just got to decide whether you believe that. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. You got to receive. You got to believe it. I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to some of you guys right now. You got to just believe that it's done. So raise your hands up right where you're at. And let's just receive. What, what do I mean by receive? This ain't nothing spooky. I'm saying when you're receiving, what you're doing is believing. You're, you're making up your mind as you surrender your will, as you surrender your thoughts, as you surrender your emotions, as you surrender those feelings, your actions, your directions. You're surrendering right now and say, I receive what you have already done for me. And Father, we cast every one of those cares upon you and we receive our status of victory we're champions we're more than conquerors but it's through you and your love for us we believe it we receive it it's finished in Jesus name amen Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now you can be seated. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's, 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 I'm telling you guys, it's, we're, we're going to a whole other place as a ministry because here's what's happening. You, you're getting the truth of this gospel of grace. You're, you're starting to understand the position and the place you're already in. And see, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you for a quick second here about church. Like I said, having grown up in church my entire life, I kind of saw this cycle that happened every single Sunday. And, you know, people come to church and they come to be amped up and come to be, you know, helped in a way to help, you know, because they're going through hell at home and all this stuff. And they show up to church to try to get the answer to fix that, and then they go back home to apply it. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens to a church that already shows up from a place of victory? What happens to a church that shows up coming and saying, listen, I've already dealt with the hell at home. That's done. That's under the blood. It's finished. I need you to talk to me about my victory. I, I need some victory guidance here. I need some understanding. Because, you know, there's this whole other level of living. 
that ain't full of fighting battles and full of, you know, I need breakthroughs and full of, you know, I was here, but now I'm trying to get there. And it, it, there's, 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 there's a group of people who live just from victory. Champions live from a place of victory. They already got the rings, the check is cleared in the bank, and now they're, they're learning how to manage that, those millions and millions of dollars. They're buying new houses and new cars. Uh, they're, they're, it's a whole nother way of living when you're living from a place of victory. And the body of Christ is supposed to already be there. But for years in church, we've been trying to get there. Not realizing it's already finished. And so what happens when we can deal with those things at home and just speak the word over any situation or circumstance that's not lining up with his word, can speak to any situation that's showing up in our lives illegally, because if it don't line up with his word, it's not even legal to be there. Did you know sickness has no place in your life? Because if the body says, if the Bible says you're healed because of the body and the blood, then sickness can't be there. Pastor is preaching this awesome message on Saturday, uh, you know, just talking about the healing that God did in his body. Cancer showing up, and he's talking about it moved to his spine and this, that, and that. It's gone, it's healed. He's healed. Why? Because he just stood on what the word said. Do not tolerate anything in your life that ain't supposed to be there. Oh, I heard that. Now, don't be trying to apply that to your husbands and wives. Amen. <laughs> you ain't supposed to be here. I'm not tolerating you. <laughs> now, there may, there may be a spirit operating behind that. But if the word of God says it's not supposed to be there, you don't tolerate it. I say you don't tolerate. Don't make this deep. That's one thing about Jesus, when you, when you look at how he taught and what he taught, it was real simple. It was the Pharisees and all the religious people who tried to make it deep. The law makes things complicated and deep. This is really simple. This is really simple. If you're saved and you're supposed to be saved from sickness, disease, poverty, and all these negative things, then how can those things be in your life? It's that simple. I wish this was coming out more complicated and deep and revelatory in that sense, but it's really simple. Either I'm saved or I'm not. Either this is real or we've been wasting all of our time, energy, money, and effort. Talking to you just real today. Been saved for 40 years, and it was, about, it was probably about five years ago we were here already. And I was like, Lord, you know, I've been saved for, at that point, 35 years. And I said, I'm still seeing people struggle. I'm still seeing church half full sometimes, and da, 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 da. I'm still seeing all this stuff. I said, now, either this is real or it ain't. Right. I've been in a lot of churches. I've worked at four or five now, four different churches, been in ministry pretty much my entire adult life. And I'm just like, something got to give, Lord. Either this is real or it ain't. And then I begin to see manifestation after manifestation after manifestation of his glory and of his grace. And he was just like, you know, and I was like, okay, it's real. <laughs> it's real. And I said, but you know, but every person has to draw this conclusion on their own. Because once you know that this is real, there ain't no turning back. There's no question. There's no question. Once you know it's real. But, but we all have to come to that conclusion that it's real that you serve a real God 
who really saved you because he really loves you and you really didn't deserve it, but you really got it. And for somebody who got it, for somebody who got this that is theirs, they're not going to let it go. I was watching on uh, social media this morning. Uh, it was a news story of somebody, uh, I forgot where it was at, but this dude tried to snatch this 13-year-old girl in broad daylight in the store. I mean, he's 13 years old. I mean, a, a whole 13-year-old child. He was pushing the car, let the car go in broad daylight, just start snatching the girl. And her mother jumped on her and started beating the dude at the same time. How many of you guys know that was her daughter? She wasn't letting her go. It was like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what's going on. This is my kid. And you ain't taking who's mine. We need to get that aggressive and violent about our blessing. We need to get that aggressive and violent about grace and what is provided in our lives that the enemy can't just walk up to you in broad daylight and snatch what's yours. Just snatch your health. Just snatch your prosperity. Just run off. Some of us, it happens. We, oh my God, he don't took my health. How? How can he do that? It's because you didn't possess it in the first place. And see, and that's what the enemy does. He's working overtime trying to have this battle in your head where you think you're not worthy or you think it's not yours in the first place. The only way he can take this stuff from you, the only way the thief can take what he got is by you not securing it in your heart. When your possessions are secure, can't nobody take them, can they? A thief can't take what's secure. I said a thief can't take what's secure. Now, if you didn't possess it in the first place, then yeah, it's, it's, it's fair game. Your salvation is, has to be secure. You have to know that you know that you know that it's yours and have that assurance on the inside. Say this with me. Say, I am, I am. the righteousness of God. Righteousness of God. Say, I'm clothed in his righteousness. I put on my salvation. I put on my peace. And see, you have to realize that. That once you're saved, his righteousness is on you. Amen? If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. Is it hot in here or is it just me because all that screaming we was doing? Somebody said, it's just me. Okay, well, praise Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 20. It says, uh, but that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Let's keep going. Since you have heard about who? Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off what? Your old sinful nature. Since you've learned about Jesus and the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, what's that next word? Let, let who? Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The first thing I want you to see in here, and this is just kind of recapping what we talked about on Wednesday, 
The first thing we have to do as we're looking to live fully as God has designed us to and walk in this righteous rulership that he's given us, the first thing I have to make sure I'm doing is understand that I'm saved and I have to throw off the old nature. Throw off the old nature. What is that saying? Very simply put, I can't try to walk around like this saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized Christian while I'm still that sinning mindset person that I used to be. I got to make a choice. Somebody say a choice. Now, Jesus saved you. That's the truth. You don't have to save yourself. You don't have to earn your salvation. Thank, thank God. But you have to choose to take off that old sinful nature. I should have brought a hat with me to demonstrate this. But it's like you had on this one hat, and you take it off and you put on a new one. You got to switch hats. Some of us have that old mindset, and we haven't chosen to take it off. Well, you know, I got to keep a little thug in me. What? We got to take that old mindset off and say, Lord, you created me a clean heart. You, you create this new mindset. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You want to be a thug? You have thug results. You be saved and in jail. Not because God don't love you, but you didn't, you didn't put on the new nature. So I can't, I can't put on the new nature, though, until I do what? Take off the old. He didn't just say take it off. He said throw it off. Throw it off. <laughs> but then he said, once you throw off the old nature, what was the second thing he said? Let the spirit. What spirit? Oh, so the Holy Spirit. I need to know him. I need to have a relationship with him. He not just for me to jerk and jiggle. He, 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 he got something to do. You don't catch the Holy Ghost. You got him. <laughs> Amen? I just got to make that clear because nowadays, you know, especially with the age of social media, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of become a, kind of a joke in a way. I need you to understand when Jesus departed and he went up, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. It's like he tagged out and tagged in. Jesus tagged out, the Holy Spirit tagged in. Jesus said, okay, you help me. The voice of God, the power of God. Now I need you to help them. I was the teacher. I was the guide. I was the way. Now it's your turn. Now that I've done my job and created a way, I got some more stuff I got to do up here as the advocate. But now you're going to work directly with them. So we're working directly with the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. And he's teaching us and he's leading us and he's guiding us. He's your comforter. The Bible literally says you're a helper. So it says the Spirit, go back to, I think it was verse 23. Instead, let the Spirit. Who should let the Spirit? Who? So if I don't let the Spirit, then what, what will I not have? A renewed set of thoughts and attitudes. 
You just discover right there why some people still sin and some people still struggle even though they're saved. It's not that God is not trying to help them. It's not that God doesn't want to help them. It's they haven't let it happen. Now, many people haven't let it happen because they didn't know that's what they were supposed to do. That's why you need to be at a church that's going to teach you the word. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little excited. We may run around every now and then, but then we're going to sit down and learn some word. Right. <laughs> Amen? Because I don't need you excited. I got it. I got it. And you go out there and don't get the whooping on you, and you're like, I don't got it. <laughs> what do I need to do? I need to let the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's interesting there that he didn't say you need to go out and be perfect. He didn't say you need to act 100% right. He said, what do I need to do? I need to let the Holy Spirit renew my thoughts and my actions. Oh, sorry, my attitudes. And as he renews my thought and my attitudes, how many of you guys know my actions will change? Now, I'm not talking about right now. <laughs> but is there anybody in here who, who, after you were saved, there were some sinful behavior you wanted to change? that you knew needed to change. Some of y'all don't want to raise your head. I said I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about back then. Now, back then could have been 10 seconds ago, but I'm talking about back then. Did anybody have anything that you wanted to change? Now, look around, look around. Why is it when I say look around, somebody go, <laughs> look around. Now, this, this many people still had sinful thoughts or actions after they were saved. They had to throw off the old nature or the old mindsets, thoughts, and attitude, and then we have to let the Holy Spirit change the way we think. But he's asking for your submission to his teaching process. He's asking for your cooperation. And your cooperation is by saying, I don't want that way anymore. Is that, is that plain? I don't want this old way anymore. I want to be better. I want a new way. And he says, I have the perfect way just for you. But I got to throw off, and then I got to let him renew my mind. And once I let him renew my thoughts or actions, or as Romans 12, 2 says, my mind, I'll go back to verse 24. Then this last piece comes, I put on what? A new nature. So that means he makes it, but what do I got to do? I got to take it. It's interesting because we always say faith, faith takes with what? Grace made. If I believe in what he's done, if I believe in this new nature, then I'm going to take it by faith and I'm going to put it on. Somebody say put it on. Now that's what happens sometimes is we'll say this is wrong. I shouldn't be thinking like this. I shouldn't be acting like this. Holy Spirit, help me. And then the Holy Spirit shows up and says, cool, I'm going to help you. Here's what I need you to do. I ain't doing that. You want me to show up to church how often? Whoa, wait a minute, I can watch it online, Lord. No, I, I want you to go. I want you to, I want you to physically go and sit down every single Sunday. Uh, He's he trying to change something in you. He's trying to change something in you. He's trying to change something in you. There's something about showing up to the house of God 
There's something about waking up when you don't want to wake up. There's something about getting dressed when you don't feel like getting dressed. There's something about doing this on Sundays and Wednesdays when you don't have to. I get up enough throughout the week, and you get paid to get up throughout the week. Oh, help me say this, Holy Spirit. You get paid, walk with me, Monday through Friday to go to work. So your effort earns you a check. But a believer shows up on a Sunday with no promise of pay, out of sheer submission and love to the for the Father. So don't sit up there and apply a law-based, performance-based mindset to the spiritual mindset that says, Lord, I'm just doing this because I love you. Not because I'm going to get something from you. But many people don't go to church because they're like, well, I, I, you got to give me something. I mean, you know what I'm going to get. I can just get this in the bed. And that's why you are where you are. He's trying to change something in us. And the enemy is working overtime to try to dial back what he's changing. You know the whole, the whole internet church thing and everything like that? That was supposed to be an outreach tool. Can I talk about it? That was supposed to be an outreach tool for people who couldn't make it. You know what I mean? It, was, it, 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 it took and it expanded the word of God where it could be all over the city and all over the globe. And what, 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 a, what, what a lazy Christian will do is say, well, I can get it all now right here from the comfort of my bed. And I challenge that way of thinking to say, where's the, where's the service in that to God? Where's the submission in that to God? Where's the, where's the trusting in him? There are people literally sitting in this room right now that drove all the way from San Antonio to come to church today. And they do it every single uh, uh, time that the Holy Spirit has them to be here. They're, they're, they're here more than most of us. Amen. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I'm just telling you this is what faithfulness looks like when I'm putting on a new nature. This is what righteous rulership looks like. I guess this is a little bit more of a pastoring message than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> But real talk, how many of y'all really want to come to church every Sunday? Half of us. Not even half of us. That was like a third of us. How many of y'all have some Sundays throughout the month you don't want to show up? <laughs> Lord, can't we just do a video today, Lord? We can do a video. They'd be all right. It'll be cool. It'll be unique, Lord. Let's just, I can do it from right here, and I'll just get a close-up of my head, and I'll just preach the whole message uh, right from the office at the house. They, we used to watch Dr. Dollar. Surely they're okay. But you know, no, you get up, <laughs> and you show up. And I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why? Because even me, I'm putting on a new nature. This, this change process, it doesn't stop. But you know what? I can't change, because, oh, sorry, thank you, Lord. I'm, the new nature that I put on is going to be like God. And who is God? He's love. He's not selfish. He's never thinking of himself. Did you know that your attending church is actually not as much for you as it is for somebody else who needs what's on the inside of you? 
Yes, you're going to get fed, but God has a word in your mouth for somebody. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to minister to others. And when you stay at home, you withhold from the body the blessing that's on the inside of you for them. That's the point I'm trying to get us to. I'm trying to get us to the point that we show up so victorious that we're just looking for, Lord, who do you want me to minister to? What seed do you want me to sow in somebody? What word of wisdom? What word of knowledge? What gift of healing? What gift of faith? What, how do you want to use me today? Because I promise you, there are going to be people coming in here who need what you got. But that takes a believer who's thrown off the old. Let the Holy Spirit renew their mind, and they've put on the new. Sunday is going to be a day, and Wednesday is going to be a day, and it'll happen all throughout the week as well. But these days especially will once again be the day that the lost are found. And it'll happen a lot because of who's on the inside of you. If you understand that, say amen. So I have to throw off my old sinful nature. I have to let the Holy Spirit renew my, uh, my mind. And then number three, I have to put on my new nature. Now, let's look at, when we talk about putting on, another way the Bible talks about putting on things, it talks about being clothed. Bunch of scriptures talking about putting on stuff and being clothed. And I thought that was an interesting point when the Holy Spirit brought, brought it up in my spirit. So I, I wanted to take a look at a couple of other people who put some stuff on. Go with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37, we're going to start at verse 1, and then we're going to go through and hop around so guys with the scriptures just kind of be ready. Genesis uh, 37, verse 1. It says, so Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was how old? He was 17 years old. He's a teenager. He was 17 years old. He often tended his father's flocks. Wait, wait a minute. At 17, he was out there with all them sheep. Y'all think God, y'all parents ain't got no sheep like that. You got to be outside all day with a bunch of sheep. It says he worked for his half-brothers. He worked for his half-brothers, the son of his father's wives, uh, Bilhah and Zippah. Verse 3, but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his own, uh, other children because Joseph had, had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, and what was it? It says a beautiful robe. So he had a special gift for him made. It was a beautiful robe. Go to, uh, skip to verse 23. So we, we know this story as the coat of many colors. Verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, uh, so he had his coat. His brothers were hating on him because, number one, he told on them. Number two, he got this special gift and they didn't. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers did what? Ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Now, if you know the story, what did they do after that? They sold him into slavery. Skip to verse 32. After they sold him, they sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. This is kind of out cold when you think about it. <laughs> Look at what we found. 
Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Keep going. Their father recognized it immediately, and he said, yes, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Now, here's Joseph in the coat of many colors, and we all know how the story ends. It ends up pretty good for Joseph. At the end of the day, what ends up happening is uh, he ends up in a very, you know, uh, famous and rich person's house. He becomes the ruler of the land, and, and then famine happens where his brother and them are at. They end up having to come to him to get food and get help. And basically, you know, it was kind of like a in-your-face moment, like, here's what you did to me, and you did me wrong, but God still had my back, and now I ended up at a better place than what I would have been. But that coat, that coat is a very interesting thing when I looked at the fact that he put on this coat of many colors. I was looking at that scripture and I was like, what's the significance of the many colors? And one translation talked about how this coat was almost like a rainbow color. It was a cloak or mantle, an article of clothing richly embroidered or decorated with various color patches or strips of cloth. It says, by looking at other Bible passages, comparing verse with verse, we can understand the importance of this rainbow color and this coat of many colors. It talks about a color in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4. It says, and I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof as the color of amber. So this is Ezekiel and he's talking about he's seeing the throne of God and he's seeing this color around God and it's like an amber color, almost looks like fire. But then later on, he says the color looked green. And then later on again, it says in Psalms 104, bless the Lord, O my soul, uh, the Lord my God, thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Verse 2 says, who covereth thyself with light as with a garment. I thought that was really interesting. That here's Joseph with this coat of many colors and the same words that are being described as that is the same words that are described as how God is seen to have clothed himself with light, with all these colors. Now begin to understand that that coat of many colors that Joseph put on was a representation of the righteousness of God that is on you and I. Here's the gift that was passed down from father to son, representing something special about that kid. And here come these brothers who don't have what the son has, and wants to take it from them. But how many of you guys know that your righteousness and my righteousness can't be taken away? That coat of many colors represented the glory of the Lord. That coat of many colors represented, indeed, his righteousness. Go with me to, yeah, let's look at Samuel, 1 Samuel 17. Here's another person who put something on. 
1 Samuel 17, uh, we'll start with verse 32. 1 Samuel 17, 32. This is David, and he was about to go fight Goliath. And he said, don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. He said, I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine. Anybody ever told you that before? Don't be ridiculous. You don't qualify. Don't be ridiculous. You're not enough. See, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Why? You're only a boy. Here's another teenager. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. Something about hanging out with them animals. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from his mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. You're talking about knowing your authority. <laughs> then he said, I've done this to both lion and bears. Wait a minute. Did he just say this happened more than twice? We've been reading this talking about he killed a lion and he killed a bear. That's plural. He said, now, don't tell me I'm not enough. Because lions and bears have shown up, and I've grabbed them with my bare hand and clubbed them to death. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine, too. Why? Why is he tripping like this? Why is he going off like this? <laughs> For he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord, now he's now he about, he about to do something, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So he set the story straight right there. He said, yeah, I did it, but it was the Lord who did it through me. He talked such a good game, Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. But then Saul did something. He gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet. And how many guys know this is a king's armor? So king's armor ain't no junk. But he gave him a king's armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail to cover his uh, front and back. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. He put on something that wasn't his. He put on something that he had been given by somebody else. He put on something that he had never needed before. And it didn't quite fit. Keep going. 
He said, I can't go in these. I appreciate the quality. I appreciate it comes from you. I appreciate this might work for you, but it, it ain't going to work for me. I can't just put on what just anybody gives me. Because I'm clothed in righteousness and in the glory of the Lord. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David did what? He took them off. Somebody say, throw it off. You got to take off what ain't been given to you by God. Verse 40. And then he picked up. Got to throw it off and then I got to what? I got to pick up. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream. Now I said it to you on Wednesday. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to believe this. I believe those stones represented J-E-S-U-S because he is the rock of your salvation. And he picked up five smooth stones from a stream. Sounds like living water to me. And he put them in a bag. It's a shepherd's bag, by the way. Somebody said, I ain't never seen all that. It's right there. And then armed only, not with somebody else's armor, not with somebody else's opinion, not with somebody else's uh, uh, gift. I only need Jesus. And what he gives me. Because he the one that made me. He the one that delivers me. He the one that helps me. So I don't need to put on what you got. I'm just going to stick with what he gave me and I'm going to put him on. He's then armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling. He started across the valley to do what? Fight the Philistine. He had sword. He had bronze armor, which was the strongest at that time. And it was given to him by the king. I need you to understand that people of status don't make you. I said people of status don't make you. A king can't make you. A president can't make you. A boss can't make you. Only God makes you who you are. And his voice and his opinion and what he gives you is all that matters. And what has he given you? He's given you Jesus who has made you righteous. He started across the valley to fight the Philistine, verse 41. Goliath walked out. Now here comes the challenge. Toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, Goliath roared out at David, that you come at me with a stick? Now I want you to see the picture. Here's a bona fide 9 to 10 foot giant soldier. 9 to 10 feet is about at the bottom of that uh, ribbon of that reef right there. He walks out with his shield bearer. David shows up with regular clothes on, some sandals probably, a bag, a sling hanging off of it, and a staff. And this is a bona fide warrior who is used to fighting soldiers. 
Do you understand the disrespect that he probably felt at that moment? Like, really? So y'all going to send him out? That's how preposterous some of us look when we show up. But they don't understand who we showing up with. They're like, you ain't educated. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're just a woman. You're just a teenager. You're just, uh, you're, you're, you're this color. You're that color. What, it don't matter. I'm showing up with Jesus. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Keep going. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. He was packing. But I come to you, here's my weapon, the, in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you disrespected. He said, you better put some respect on Jehovah's name. He said, that's the only weapon I need. You got javelins, you got swords, you got this, you got that, and I got Jesus. Verse 46, today, today, y'all see this man talking faith? It ain't happened yet, but he's saying today, the Lord will conquer you. He didn't say, I'm going to whoop your tail. He said, it's the Lord who saved me from the lion and the bear. It's the Lord who has covered me. It's the Lord who has made me, and it's the Lord who's going to whoop you. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. This <laughs> jerk lost his mind. He has lost his mind. He don't thrown off the old nature. He don't allow the Spirit of God to change him. And he's fully clothed and put on the new nature. The new nature of God to have you talking like this. The new nature of God ought to have you walking like this. Verse 47. And he said, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men. They're like, wait a minute, how we get into this? <laughs> yeah, that's your problem. And then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know. See, God always got a plan. This is what it was with Moses, by the way, with uh, Pharaoh. God was trying to show all of Egypt who he was. It wasn't just about delivering the Israelites. They were already his people. He was trying to use them to show the rest of Egypt who he was. And in this case, it's the same thing. It ain't about David. It ain't about the children. They're already good with God. God need everybody else to have an opportunity to know him. It ain't about you. You're clothed with his righteousness. You're already all good. He's trying to use that situation in your life for you to see that it's already defeated, and then what he's going to do is use that to show the world how good he is through you. That's what he's trying to do. But, but sometimes we get to the situation, oh, Jesus, look at this. Oh, Lord. It's already defeated. This is just a moment for him to show his strength through you. He's trying to win the world through you. And the whole world will know that there is a God 
in Israel. He over here. And if you want him, you don't have to come on over here. Next scripture. And everyone assembled here will know. Everybody who's watching will know. We've been talking all about knowing God this year. That the Lord rescues his people. Do you see the promise in that for you and me today? You are the righteousness of God, and the Lord rescues his people. Say, I'm saved. I'm saved. The Lord rescued his people. Say, I'm saved. I'm saved. The Lord has already rescued with Jesus, by Jesus, his people. One more time, I'm saved. And that's the truth. but not with the sword and spear, not with these man-made tools, not with these tools of self-effort, not with these tools uh, uh, that you could get the glory from. Swords and spears are used in wars so that men get the glory. He said, this is the Lord's battle. My goodness. And he will give you to us. If that, if that ain't a speech, I ain't never heard one before. As Goliath moved closer to attack, I guess it wasn't nothing else to be said after that. You know, he, he ready to fight. Now, I, I need you to see what happened. He, he, here's this giant running towards him. And what did David do? He didn't hesitate. He didn't debate. He didn't question. Why? Because he was already out of his mind and into the mind of the Lord. He already had decided that this thing was done. So you want to run out to me? I'm going to run out to you. David quickly ran out to meet him. While he was running, he was reaching into his shepherd's bag. What was in the bag? Jesus was in that bag. Look at that. I'm not running out there on my own. I'm about to put some Jesus on you. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he put it in a sling, and what did he do? Hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone hit him so hard it sank into his head. The, the rock went into his head. The first gun just, just went off. I mean, you know, sometimes they might crack your head. Sometimes they will just knock you out. This was thrown with such force, probably more force than a normal man could muster up. This is a teenage boy who has to throw at a distance upwards into a, a, that big old thick skull. And the stone sank in. And Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. This was over before it started. He didn't even get to draw his sword. He didn't even get to throw a spear. So all that equipment that he had didn't make a difference. You look at what everybody else got, you think that that's giving them advantage? No, you got the advantage because you got Jesus. You got the advantage because you got the righteousness of God. Stop looking at what God has given you and comparing it to what others got, thinking, I wish I had what they got. You got everything that you need. You got to learn how to be like Paul and be content with what you got. 
because he's given you all that you need to be successful. So David triumphed over the Philistine, kind of like he said it would happen, with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. He said, I ain't got no sword. I, I'm supposed to get this dude's head to the, to the birds. He said, oh, I'm going to take his stuff and use it. David used it to kill him, so I guess he finished him off with it, and cut off his head. Then, somebody say then. Because if you read earlier in their story, the soldiers of Israel was hating on him earlier. His brothers were a part of this army. And they were like, man, go on and get out of here. You're supposed to be with the sheep. They were dogging him out. But now, <laughs> the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph. And now they rushed after the Philistines. That gave them courage to go fight. Because they were hiding kind of in their holes, because they were like, they got that giant over there, and we don't want to face him. But here's the little brother who everybody counted out, who was clothed with Jesus, who changed the whole thing. God wants to use you and your situation to inspire others. This finishes up. Chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road. Keep going. From uh, Sherem as far as Gath and Ekron. Verse 53. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the de deserted Philistine camp. David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go uh, out to fight uh, the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? That's what they're going to be asking about you. Whose child is that? Where did they come from? Whose is that person? Because that ain't a normal kid. And you're going to say, I'm a child of God. Because they're going to see something different about you. But you got to make a decision that you got to put on his righteousness. You got to make a decision that you got to allow him to change the way you think so that you can operate. That's what David was doing. He was operating from a place of victory, not from being a victim. He wasn't trying to win. He had already won because he said, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what the Lord has brought me out of. You don't know how he's got me over this and he's got me over that. He's healed me. He's delivered me. He's got you out of trouble after trouble after trouble. And that same God who has delivered you from all that mess is the same God that's going to show up no matter what's going on with your life. You are victorious. Why? Because you're clothed in his righteousness. Because his light and his glory is all around you. And there is nothing that the enemy can present that can stand against a child of God. You're children of God. You're victorious. You're more than enough. And God has already favored you. So all you got to do is receive it. All you got to do is receive it. Make a conscious decision this week that I 
have the victory. How many of you guys right now are, are needing restoration or victory in a particular area in your life right now? If that's you, stand to your feet. Because we're going to declare this together. Now that situation is your Goliath. That circumstance is your Goliath. Now Goliath was already defeated. And David didn't need anything from anybody else to defeat him. All he needed to do was believe in what God had already provided. All he had to do was remind himself of what God had already done. And if you're standing on your feet today, that's the same thing you need to do. First of all, consider the victory he's already given you. Second, remember it is he that gave you the victory. Those two things are all a believer needs to be successful. There's going to be, for each one of you, instructions that the Holy Spirit's going to give you in the natural to carry out. David had to still show up to the battle. David had to still get the stones. David still had to charge head first to the enemy. He still had to pull the sling out and he still had to throw the stone. And that's what you're going to be able to do with these situations and circumstances. God's going to give you specific instructions of what to gather. He's going to give you specific words of what to confess and say. And then he's going to give you specific actions of what to do. I'll say that again. He's going to give you specific instructions on what to gather. He has your resources already set aside. Now be ready for those resources to not look like they're enough but they're going to be more than enough. Why? Because he wants to show you and others something supernatural. This is, he's telling me, this is my spirit right now. He wants to show you and others supernatural. They think it's going to take money. It may just take some rocks. <laughs> but it's going to work. He's going to show you what to gather. Then he's going to give you instructions on how to talk. David confessed some stuff. He said and confessed and said everything that was going to happen before it happened. Why? He used his creative power by the Holy Ghost that was on the inside of him, and he spoke and admitted the truth. He's going to put a word in your mouth for your situation, and then he's going to show you what actions to take. And all you're going to need to do is just do it. That's all you're going to need to do is just do it. And you won't be afraid in Jesus' name. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You'll do it with boldness. You'll do it with confidence. Because you trust in the one who sent you there in the first place. So, Father, I speak right now victory. Over this army of yours, over this army of David's, I speak victory in Jesus' name. Every Goliath must die. Every mountain must fall. 
we speak to it right now. And we declare that your victory will be won today in Jesus' name. We believe it. We receive it. Now, Holy Spirit, show us, guide us on what to gather and what to do. We believe it and we receive it and we declare it as done in Jesus' name. If you agree with that and you receive that today, say amen. 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 Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Do you receive that on today? Were you blessed on today? Now take this word. Go live it out. Go live it out. You're clothed with righteousness. Keep that old man off. Keep that old man off and stick to what the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to go for another hour, and I ain't supposed to, so I'm going to get y'all out of here. Love y'all so much. Deborah, come on up. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Thank y'all. We love y'all. Praise God. Awesome message. Amen. Praise God for that. <laughs> praise the Lord. So it is offering time. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the ushers are going to prepare to receive an offering from you. And um, I just wanted to read this real quickly. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds. Now this is New Testament, y'all. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. Amen? Amen. So we're giving cheerfully today. Amen? Okay, so we're ready to receive the offering. Amen? grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, y'all can receive. So Father, we thank you for these gifts that have been received and for the people who have given. And we thank you that you will confirm your word with signs following, that as they have planted, that they will receive a harvest, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, there are three things that we want to invite you to participate in. And the first thing is, if you have not asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, that's number one. Amen? That's what it's all about. So if you haven't done that, we ask you to get up, 
Uh, in, a, in a minute or so, we ask you to get up and come forward. Um, we have a brother here that's going to minister uh, salvation to you. When you get up, just bring your Bible and anything else that you come with. And you're, if, you, if somebody has come with you, they'll wait on you. Amen? Because this is an important step, the first step in your Christian walk, and that's to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, it, the second thing is if you have not received the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to receive that today. Amen, amen. Today is your day amen. if you haven't received that. And if you're going to walk in this victorious life as uh, Pastor Archie has just preached about, you need that power. I'm telling you, don't be shy. Don't be afraid if people think maybe you had already received it, but you haven't. Just come on down. We all had to take that walk. Amen? So we rejoice with you as you make that decision to come forward. And then last, we ask you that if you have not, um, if you don't have a church home, this is one of the best churches that you could become a member of. In fact, this is the best church in Texas, amen? And for some of you, you've been thinking about joining, but you have allowed the enemy to hold you back. I'm just saying that today. Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, and he said, that's the place for you, but you are delaying. Don't wait until next year. You can do it now. Amen. Start amen. that journey today. For God, amen, Praise sister, for amen. God has a work assigned to your hands. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So now we're going to ask everybody to get up and minister those three things to your neighbor. We've got time. I'm going to wait a few seconds more. Salvation, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and to become a member of this church. Don't delay another minute, another second. It's time to move forward like David did. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Father God, we thank you for this sister who this morning said yes. This is the place where I'm supposed to be fed and become a member and go forward in the things that God has assigned my hands to do. Father God, we thank you for her, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and thank God. So we'll let her go out with Brother Gary. Amen? Amen. So now it's time to go, y'all. Father God, we just thank you for this message. We thank you for the word that has gone forth. And because we keep that word in front of our eyes and in our hearts, it's going to bring life to us and health to all our flesh. And we thank you for these, your people, and we pray, Father God, for an awesome, grace-filled week to come. And we thank you, Father God. It's Thanksgiving week, and we say, th well, we say thank you every week. Amen. But especially on this week, we give thanksgiving to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank God. Amen. You are dismissed. At the cross, I bow my knee. Where your blood was shed for me, there's no grace.